0: From Creative Force, I'm Daniel Jester, and this is the e-commerce content creation podcast. Riverside, California is a place that will always be incredibly dear to me. I was born here, lived many years of my life here, and have chosen to raise my own family here. After years, decades even, of having a reputation as a lower-class and even dangerous suburb of Los Angeles, in some ways it seems that Riverside is starting to overcome the cultural black hole that LA represents. More interesting and creative businesses are staying here instead of getting pulled 50 miles away to LA, where the clientele is more accustomed to supporting those types of businesses. This is the context that I present this episode with my guest Christopher Kern. Chris is the assistant professor and program lead for the photography program at Cal Baptist University here in Riverside. Chris's background is in commercial photography as a photographer, producer, and talent agent until he joined CBU in 2017 and took over the photography program. Since then, the program has grown significantly and now includes a full service studio, digital darkroom, equipment room, and a cohort of passionate students, instructors, and guest lecturers. Students are provided the space to learn and grow and have access to the tools they need.
1: You know we have a fully stocked equipment room here on site that students can check out cameras overnight and over the weekend and especially if they need an extended period of time they can make arrangements with the student worker. But really the goal is they don't need anything to come here. We're providing the space and the tools for them to flourish And really that's what I'm spending my entire time, you know, trying to fight and provide for them. Even when it comes to printing, we supply all the ink and uh, for the most part, the paper too. So that's the majority of my budget either goes to ink and paper or student worker wages. Right.
0: I'm going to take a moment at the top of the episode and let you know that the photography program at CBU can always use your help. Chris's mission of having equipment and supplies available to all students comes at great cost to his budget. So if you'd like to learn how you can help, check out the show notes. Now, let's get into it. This is the e-commerce content creation podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Jester, live, not live for you guys, the listeners, but in person with my good friend, Christopher Kern. Well, introduce yourself, Chris.
1: Thanks for having me, Daniel. Appreciate it. My name is Christopher Kern. I'm uh, the Assistant Professor of Photography and Program Lead at California Baptist University in
0: our hometown of Riverside, California. That's and, right. Uh, Go Lancers. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, you and I have kind of like didn't meet until we were kind of firmly in our careers, but are both from the area and various creative roles as photographers. You and your wife had a talent agency that you ran for a while, and now you have built out this incredible program here at CBU for photographers. But not only that, specifically touching on a lot of the things that a commercial photographer will need to be successful in the role. So tell us a little bit about what your program and the way that you've built it.
1: Growing up here in Riverside, studying photography, you definitely had to leave Riverside and go out into the world and kind of continue, you know, learning. I ended up in San Francisco and stayed up there for 10 years. I had my MFA in photography from Academy of Art in San Francisco. And my wife and I moved back to our hometown of Riverside back in 2014. And 2014, I was still servicing my clients in San Francisco and L.A. and all over the country. And in 2017, I was recruited by uh, CBU to come on board to build out this... At that point, they had a a B.A. in photography with a concentration in commercial photography or a concentration in fine art photography, which most programs, you know, have those options. I'm a student of historic programs such as Brooks Institute of Photography in Santa Barbara, Art (laughs) Art Center in Pasadena, and then I ended up at Academy of Art in San Francisco, because back in 2005, it was one of the only programs offering an MFA in photography with an emphasis in commercial photography and they were at the forefront of dabbling in digital photography so mm-hmm. i was uh, able to be a, a participant and you know that transition from film photography to digital photography you know in the commercial world of advertising and it wasn't e-commerce back then it was catalog photography and then the transition into e-commerce photography it's come full circle so now i'm back in my hometown of riverside with this opportunity to really build what i call the future of photographic education So back in 2000, came on board 2017. And in 2019, we went live with the curriculum where we did away with our concentrations in photography. And I just found a way to really create a curriculum and coursework to service students that were interested in all genres of photography, but really speak into their needs for being professional Delivering, you know, their work to, you know, let's say a client, even if they're working in the gallery world or the editorial world or the e-commerce world. And more so having the students uh, really speak into finding their own photographic voice. Mm. Because what happened historically is most commercial programs are, you know, creating photographers With portfolios that are outdated, even before the time they graduate, and the reason why is because of, you know, everybody's a photographer, every company's creating their own marketing collateral, I think the the day and age of, you know, the old local generalist in photography, those days are pretty done. So really just observing what happens in the industry, even the most sought-out advertising photographers, they're only hired off of their personal work. Mm. The fine artists, they want to create personal work. You know, Editorial photographers, they want to create, you know,
0: they have passion projects. Right. So. That, I think that's a smart way to go because, you know, like you're saying, the lines are much more blurred in reality than they are when you're picking a major or an emphasis at a university. You know, like There's a lot of artists out there who are subsidizing their art with photography work that, frankly, they don't want to be doing, but yeah. you can't always pay the bills doing a certain type of work. It all bleeds together in the sense that You're going to get to do some art but if you want to like work in photography there are some realities that you have to work in and i think that's one of the things that i really appreciated about the way that you've built your program is it doesn't necessarily shy away from the realities of what commercial photography looks like in you know now in 2022 or for the last several years that it is about it's a lot about workflows and it's a lot about thinking about upstream downstream inputs and outputs for the process it's not simply about crafting the best shot with what's in front of you and, and having the understanding the technical ins and outs of the camera, there's a much broader awareness of how you fit in that commercial space. That you don't always get from just focusing on creating the
1: image. Something I always say, especially to our upper division students, is uh, there's this real pivot from you know lower division coursework, which is technique, right, and to what I call building the addiction of photography and uh, getting them to create volumes of content that we could then help them refine their, you know, technique throughout that process. But then there becomes a pivot where you transition from technique into, you know. Visual storytelling or really trying to help them use photography as a vehicle to communicate. So the saying I have is the magic is not in the medium, even though we have a fixation on those tools. We need to utilize those. But really, who, what are we trying to tell? Who are we trying to serve? You How know, are we trying to make them feel? Feel? I mean, most of us are, you know, in love with photography, you know, because of imagery that at one point probably made us, you know, prompted us to feel or prompted us to think about something in a different way. But then also at the same time, we are in love with the tools and the technique. But as far as, you know, being the photographer, you know, it, it the photography becomes a tool to, you know, exercise those ideas and curiosities and, and investigate, you know, the world that's before them, but also allow them to create a world that only may, might exist in their minds. Mm. So something, you know, going back to, you know, just building out this program is a survey across all photo programs enrollment is fading yeah um and I mean the Brooks Brooks program went away yeah the Brooks program went away we still have
0: art center thankfully here at least in Southern California
1: yeah Yeah, so and what's happening is there's a divide in the coursework and uh, the divide is these students have to pick I want to be a fine artist I want to be a photojournalist I want to be a commercial photographer Mm. when uh, in reality you know we're at the university level we're fighting over the same students Mm -hmm. Which uh, we're not going to be able to service any one of those genres or concentrations if, you know, we're diluting our own offerings. So there's a lot of programs that offer, you know, studio art degrees and coursework in photography, but they don't have enough students to run those classes because uh, they've diluted their own curriculum. Right.
0: Uh, Let's shift a little bit and talk about your space. We're sitting here in your office now that sits in between two parts of your studio space for the CBU photography program. One side of it is sort of a kind of a lab, very familiar looking to a lot of people who grew up in in school with the uh, computer lab, lots of banks of IMAX Mm -hmm. in there that are, if you share with me, you do some retouching in there, you Mm -hmm. do some printing. We popped our head in on a lecture that was going on in there on portraiture. On the other side, you've got a full-fledged studio with an equipment room that's well-stocked and a place where people can build a set, get a model in there, get, a, get their subject in there, and do some photography. Tell us a little bit about how you got this space and how it's been evolving. Yeah, absolutely. So
1: here in Riverside, uh, California Baptist University has uh, about the same footprint as USC in Los Angeles, which most people don't know. And we are actually off-site down the street in an industrial complex, which many photo studios across the United States, if not the world, are located in similar buildings. So the university uses this industrial complex. We we actually lease about half the units. There's probably 100 units here, and CBU probably has, you know, 40 to 50 of them, mm-hmm. whether it's for biology labs, engineering buildings, storage. So a few years ago, we... Uh, we were offered a couple of the old engineering spaces after they built a brand new building on campus. And as soon as I knew that was an option, that was my goal to, you know, move the whole program out here. So for the last year and a half, we the whole entire program is housed within two adjoining warehouses, 2,500 square feet each. And we've now made it. So they work in tandem to each other. So when I'm not here, or even when I am here, we have one student worker running all the spaces. They know the studio side. They know what we call the digital darkroom. Um, and it's really, you know, to, to be as professional as possible, to mimic what's happening out there in the industry. And to service our internal community student population, but also my goal in moving out here was to be outward facing and engage with not only our local community, but the photographic community and to be able to invite guests such as Daniel (laughs) and, but also to make it accessible for, you know, uh, students to arrange to do their photo shoots in this photo studio to invite models and make up artists and stylists and it's very easily accessible we have roll-up garage doors and, you know, the parking spaces right out front. It's been great. You know, we within our digital darkroom, we have 26, 27-inch IMAX, and we have 10 Canon Pro 1000 printers and one Canon Pro 4000 printer. We print everything. The only class we don't print for is our Intro to Digital Photography course, which we call the Camera We critique weekly on that, digitally, but every other course that we have, weekly critiques are done in print. Final presentations are done in print. To me, uh, photography doesn't come to life until it's printed. Doesn't matter if it's digital photography or analog photography there's a process that occurs when you select your paper type and size and, you know, you work within those parameters. So that's really been something that our students have really championed. Mm. And we have a, at the sophomore level, first semester, they take a digital printing and color management course that we've Mm. built. And from that point on, these students are empowered to, you know, even for weekly critiques or midterm projects or final projects,
0: they should be selecting paper types that showcase their work in the best light. Amazing. Let's talk a little bit about the students and the student base. We were chatting before we got into this recording, and we saw it. You've got a, a pretty full house here. So how have things been going in terms of enrollment in your groups of students? Yeah, wonderful. So
1: we have a bachelor's degree in photography specifically. We're not housed under communications or studio arts or anything like that. We currently have 40 majors, we have uh, 17 uh, minors in photography, and then the Graphic Design Bachelor's program also has a concentration in photography, which we, I believe, have 14 or 15 students. And then we offer uh, three sections of our intro digital photography course every semester. So we're servicing about 120 kids a semester throughout every week. And, you know, we have a fully stocked equipment room here on site that students could check out cameras overnight and over the weekend. And especially if they need an extended period of time, they can make arrangements with the student worker. But really the goal is they don't need anything to come here. We're providing the space and the tools for them to flourish. And really that's what I'm spending my entire time, you know, trying to fight and provide for them. Even when it comes to printing, we supply all the ink and uh, for the most part, the paper too. So that's the majority of my budget either goes to ink and paper
0: or student worker wages. Right. It's so important because we were also chatting a little bit about, you know, internships and diversity and that kind of thing. And I think that that's a really powerful and important part of your program, which is opportunity And the barrier to entry in photography is high. The equipment is expensive. If you're going to choose to print, it's very expensive to do it. Well, and I think having that opportunity for your students, that it doesn't matter. They just need to be in the program and they have access to all those resources is important because how many amazing minds and voices in photography are we missing because they couldn't get their first camera. Our, our students
1: and our program has you know championed through this pandemic. And even last year, last spring, we were able to you know offer some of our courses on site, face-to-face while the rest of our programming was being done via Zoom which was great to you know keep that community aspect intact but also utilizing Zoom I built a special topics course last spring and every week we had a different guest for our 3 hour course block and you know we we actually a 15 week semester we had 20 guests so we actually continued the talks beyond the semester and, you know, uh, notable, you know, photographers such as Art Stryber, Joe Pugliese or Jason Madera, mentor of mine in New York, Alex and uh, Rebecca Webb, Magnum photographers these uh, speakers are very interactive with our students and the students to be engaged with these speakers and ask them questions was amazing. And uh, it even led to, you know, some of our students last summer were assisting Arts Driver in L.A. on shoots or for internships or, you know, having uh, students, you know, now seniors, you know, asking me to miss class because they're on a three-day you know, ad job with, uh, you know, so-and-so photographer in L.A., so.
0: How do you um, handle that as an instructor? You, you you I'm sure you encourage that and want to as a photographer. Is there credit that they can get for that kind of work? Do they submit a report on it or? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's definitely, encor- uh,
1: internship's not required, it's encouraged, but also it's the responsibility to be here, you know, within right. the courses they signed up for. My whole goal is to speak into these students, provide opportunities for these students, and uh, make sure that they, you know, really engage with that. Mm-hmm. And they have to make a decision if they want to miss class this week for that right. reason or this. And the way I pay these students is with the grade. So what I tell them is, you know, if you miss class, you're going to miss the content. You know, you're not going to get that A in the class. So when your mom asks you, you know, why you got a C- minus in your photo business class... It's not because you don't know what you're doing. It's because you you, you didn't attend some classes, yeah. right? Hopefully you were working. <laughs> um, so really the students are, you know, finding that balance and uh, have a few particularly that, you know, kind of play with that this year. But then also my cohort of seniors is so amazing. They, in a good way, peer pressure, you know, speak into their students and, yeah. you know, catch them up on what they missed or make sure they're not missing class for
0: other reasons. Let's talk about this group of students really quick because you've brought up a couple of times in conversations that you and I have had around mm-hmm. your, your group of seniors. And I'm not an educator, mm-hmm. but it's it feels like a very special thing to have... A group of people who are nearing the end of their continuing education journey and in some cases you've spent a lot of time with them. Tell me about your group of seniors this year. Yeah I'm finishing up my fifth year here at
1: CBU and my first year I was really thrown in the deep end and made a lot of changes and you know there was a whole shift in culture I had to create. There was a whole shift in curriculum and facilities and equipment and I think part of this cohort of seniors is I was able to stay ahead of them on all these changes, so I I taught everything or instructed my instructors to teach everything to anticipate those changes. So this group has really benefited from our program in its entirety, right? And, you know, these seniors, particularly last year, we submitted to Communications Art, American Photo, International Photography Awards, and we had three, four, or five of our students be awarded by each one of those, you know, industry recognized, you know, publications Amazing. or organizations. So and we just submitted again, I just submitted, you know, 90 photos from our different photographers to Calm Arts this last week. And that's the investment I need to make back into these students to help them, you know, launch into their, their careers. I remember going to Academy of Art in San Francisco. You know, I was featured at one point in CMYK Magazine and Calm Arts, and I never submitted. It was my director that put me, you know, out there, and I'm forever grateful for that. But really just trying to, you know, show these students by leading by example. And, you know, I'm currently not practicing in the field, but every single one of my adjuncts are, whether they're, you know, documentary, fine art photographers showing in galleries or working on social justice pieces and doing editorial content, or even Mm -hmm. Trevor Honey, who's uh, actively in the e-commerce space servicing of their clients in the fashion beauty realm. These, we've built this world-class, you know, program here in riverside which is crazy and bizarre it really but is i crazy. love it yeah. born and raised here it is crazy yeah. <laughs> it's crazy and uh, i tell the students is like they're better off than i ever was in undergrad and uh, speaking about that is really this program is a miniature mfa program mm-hmm. and they're doing mfa
0: work at the junior level of undergrad which is mm-hmm. crazy i can tell you that the moment that I realized that the shift that I had always hoped for had happened was in talking when I was working at conveyor in LA and I was talking to a client of ours and their art director had gone to CBU and like chose to go to CBU for art and (laughs) design. Like, you know, and that was, I was like, I think by then you and I had met Mm -hmm. and I knew you had this program here, but yeah, it's been really strange and wonderful to see our, community, which often was, the analogy I always use was that we just existed too close to a cultural black hole, that things got sucked away from us and into L.A. And, you know, the city of Riverside is a city in and of itself. It's not a suburb of L.A. It was its own place, and it has its own history and its own group of people that can have some amount of success here, and that's dependent on us building the community up. And so I appreciate you very much for doing that. Awesome.
1: Thank you for that. And that's, I mean, that's the biggest blessing of being here is also, so probably a third of our students are from the Inland Empire, you know, region, which is just outside of Los Angeles. And then probably the other two thirds are from all over the United States, if not the world. And some of them come here for a specific reason. We're a Christian private university. They come here for that. But really my goal was to create this program as a destination to serve students specifically looking for a BA in photography. And uh, somebody was asking me the other day, is like what other programs are comparable in the area? And my first response was none. And then second was Art Center, because mm-hmm. I, I believe in, you know, that historic... I love history so i just love what they've done for 100 plus years you know for the design community for los angeles for the world but we're doing something different here so even uh, dennis Keeley, the former director for 18 years of the photo program he's now retired from art center but he's a friend of our program he comes out here once a year and he just loves what we have going Mm -hmm. on so that's super validating totally
0: my mentor here in riverside steve wallag was a alum of art center yeah yeah and he was he taught you know rcc Mm -hmm. a community college here in riverside has some photography programs Mm -hmm. and they at one point they had a dark room i took Mm -hmm. film photography there because i wanted access to the dark room right and i started my some of my earliest commercial photography gigs as an assistant and as a shooter were the direct Mm -hmm. result of steve and his mentorship of me so it's a great community but you know to some extent, we got to protect it and try to keep it here a little bit, you know. Right, absolutely.
1: That's why, I mean, I'm so excited to hear, like, even a couple of my seniors are going to be staying here in the Riverside area, even though they are going to work in L.A. and, you know, yeah. elsewhere. But uh, they're very invested in. There's a larger design, art community growing here. I want our students in our program to speak into the larger markets, For which, sure. you know, smaller Towns such as Riverside of quarter million people, you know, three hundred and thirty one thousand. Is it just, up there? I just okay. looked it up. I don't know remember why up. I was doing it, but yeah, yeah. three hundred thirty one thousand. I love it. But uh, you know, things I'm not trying to engage in. Not to discredit, but I'm not interested in art walks. I'm interested in getting these students work out into the world totally. where they create change and serve a, you know, a, a company or an institution, but they have, yeah, they have the technical skills to, you know, be definitely
0: employable. But really what I'm trying to mold is a way of thinking. Yeah. We'll definitely be employable when we get this damn damn course <laughs> off the ground. That's one of the things, that, you know, I, just for the benefit of our listeners, I one specific thing I appreciated about Chris and his program is... He's putting on a DAM course and has signed up for DAM software because this is an important part of living and creating art and culture and imagery in the digital world is managing those assets and being fluent in those systems. And um, I think that's a really, really cool idea. Yeah, awesome. I mean, digital
1: workflow, you know, even in the most manual way has been, you know, the the benefit of my career for the last 20 years, you know, especially moving up to San Francisco, I was at the forefront of transitioning these photographers from film to digital and kind of sticking with some workflows even since then. But, you know, so much of the industry has evolved. But, you know, the damn, you know, the DAM system is built throughout our program, and our students, even at the intro classes, are working on, you know, trying to work on, you know, their own internal archives, But we, you know, start off with Adobe Camera Raw and maybe we don't really gear into Lightroom, but we jump right into Capture One Pro. Capture One Pro, they're learning their sophomore year and Mm -hmm. uh, we're using it throughout. And, you know, then uh, currently, you know, using uh, Canto stepped up in a big way and supporting us and digital asset management system, which we still need to, you know, come to fruition with what that actually looks like. But it's been a great way to absorb content, which I manage. I'm the only super admin, I guess. and But I still use it in a very manual way on top yeah. of everything else I'm doing. But really, uh, that's been, you know, a great relationship with, you know, Creative Force and, you know, just uh, getting me to think about these things beyond myself and meeting Daniel years back of, you know, really understanding... The volumes of content that's created at these e-commerce production houses is far beyond, you know. I used to think, you know, me shooting, you know, a few thousand photos a day for an advertising image library was a lot. But, you know, day in and
0: day out, it's crazy. It really is. It really is. And getting it all organized is like we believe on this podcast and a creative force that is going to be the creative teams that usher in the next evolution of how we buy and sell things digitally. And, and maybe in some cases I've been vocal on LinkedIn that I am, I'm skeptical, but open-minded about the metaverse, but all of this is going to de- really depend on our ability to organize things digitally in a way that we can access them quickly when we need them in the moment, in the right moment. So I think it's a brilliant thing to include in your program. Is awesome. like some of those skills and that fluency. So yeah, it's a big gap. I mean, it's
1: really you know, came to fruition. You know, going to some of these you know industry conferences and hearing from the clients themselves. You know what isn't being serviced. You know, in higher ed schools, particularly the fine art programs throughout the United States. Hmm. they they do not even know how to you know share something on google drive right, right? <laughs> well i just figured right? out how to yeah. share something <laughs> on Drive. <laughs> <careful for record. laughs> or you know why you know i ask my students all the time why is your file name underscore mg underscore one two three four <laughs> you know like really or you know gen one gen yeah final yeah. final final, V2, final extra final yeah so dot jpeg yeah, right I don't know. <laughs> yeah Yeah, or you know, why are you saving your high res photo
0: as a PNG? I don't know. So uh it's a thing. Well thanks Chris for your time and for talking to us for the show and really looking forward to what the future holds. Yeah, absolutely, and I appreciate your guys' support and I'm happy to be here
1: with you on the ground in Riverside, California and uh Get an uh, extra plug in there at the end of
0: the show here. There you go. (laughs) Thanks, man. Yep, appreciate you That's it for this episode. Many thanks to our guest Christopher Kern and the photography program at CBU and thanks to you for listening. The show is produced by Creative Force, edited by Calvin Lands. Special thanks to Sean Omira. I'm your host Daniel Jester. Until next time, my friends.